0: On today's Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, we break down the Bulls' first-round pick with special guest Mark Shanowski. He'll give his thoughts on the selection and much more on episode 21, Now.
1: Welcome into to the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, your number one home for your favorite Chicago sports talk and part of the Believe Podcast Network, meaning it's the number one podcast network for professionals i'm joey gelman you can follow me on twitter at joey gelman he is dan collins you can follow him on twitter at tweet dan collins the show is on twitter at believe in chicago the believe in chicago sports podcast is where you find us and we are jumping into our show with a special guest he is mark Shanowski. you've heard him and seen him anywhere you look nbc sports chicago wgn radio sharpshooters podcast with david schuster and now he joins us, Mark Schinowski on Twitter, at Mark Schinowski. Mark, how are you?
2: I'm doing just fine, guys. Pleasure to be on the show.
1: Absolutely. We really appreciate you jumping on. So I guess the easiest place to start out is the Bulls pick at number four. Or they take Patrick Williams as their draft pick. What is your uh, initial reaction when you heard the news?
2: Well, I wasn't really surprised because a lot of the speculation in the last couple days leading up to the draft is that the Bulls front office really fell in love with this guy a 6'8", 225-pound forward from Florida State, who ironically did not start a single game for the Seminoles, but he was finishing a lot of those games, and uh, his coach, Leonard Hamilton, had nothing but great things to say about him. He's a great athlete, a little bit raw, didn't put up big numbers in college, but you know he's only 19, he has some point guard experience in high school, and I think the sky's the limit for this kid. Bulls fans are going to have to be patient, but eventually I think He's going to be a real good player,
0: Mark. Yeah, you said it right there. With Bulls fans needing patience here, and I think this pick just sends a signal to Bulls fans that AK and the rest of the front office, this this is a long-term project. Not only with the development of Patrick Williams, but making sure this Chicago Bulls team could once again, you know, compete for a title in the NBA. And I'm just wondering your thoughts on how important is it for the Bulls and the front office to take this route and go with the long haul approach.
2: Well, I think that one of the things that tourist Karnishevis made clear when he took the job was that he wanted to get versatile two-way athletes. He didn't want to have guys that were just kind of pigeonholed into one responsibility or had one specialty. He wanted guys that could play both ends of the floor, which is kind of the way they built that Denver Nuggets team where he had worked previously. And I think that Williams kind of fits that mold. You know, He talks about the fact that he can defend four different positions, that he's a combo forward that can play on the perimeter or also get some stuff done offensively in the post. And I think that's a signal to Bulls fans that those are the types of players that he's going to want to have going forward. You know, he's not just going to have a guy who's just a good shooter or just a rebounder. He wants guys that can do things on both ends. And I think as you see more personnel moves, you know, you might see some trades coming up where they maybe decided that a certain player doesn't fit and they want to get him out and and start turning over the roster because when you look at the fact that it's a brand new front office, a brand new coaching staff, they really don't have any allegiance to any of the players on the current roster. So nothing would really shock me if, if one of these players were traded in the coming months just because of the fact that uh, they're starting from scratch. Uh, there's some guys that they like on the roster, but I'm sure that there are you know a handful of players that they feel don't really fit that well and they'll probably do their best to move them along in the coming months.
1: Yeah, you talked about the new the new regime here in Chicago and I guess it comes to really interesting because you look at Patrick Williams and his and his comments saying how impressed he was with with this front office and and their ability to be very forward thinking, very progressive and, and find a place for him in this in this team. Is the reputation of the Bulls like now changed? significantly because of this new regime and where a new player like that sees that off the bat of, wow, this is a place I really want to be and does have the tools to develop me into the player I know I can be.
2: Well, I think the real test of that is going to come next summer when the Bulls are expected to have cap space for potentially landing a max contract free agent. Then we'll find out what kind of respect that tourists and Billy Donovan have around the league. But for now, You know, the things that Patrick Williams said last night were all great, and he seems like a very poised uh, and a very intelligent young man. But let's face it, the Bulls just invested the fourth overall pick in him, and he's going to be making an initial contract of around $7 million for his first season. So he is going to say all great things about the Bulls because they kind of picked him higher than most draft experts had pegged him. You know, his his rise up the board is, is just one of those success stories that we see from time to time in the NBA draft, but you don't see it very often. I mean, the fact that he was a guy that uh, really wasn't even projected as a first-round pick at the start of the season. I saw his name in the teens and early 20s as the season started going on, and and then he was kind of on the edges of the lottery as we got closer to the draft. But for him to go number four overall – yeah, he, he's got to be very impressed with what Arturis and Mark Eversley and, and Billy Donovan may have said to him when they went out to work him out because uh, you know, if they're going to pick him that high, they're obviously impressed with him, and, and he must love their basketball ability if, if they believe that he's worth that pick.
0: Yeah, and I mean, sticking with that, Mark, with him leaping up the draft boards there, with still a lot of his game left to be developed, what is the biggest part of his game that must develop in order to prove that he is a worthy top-five draft pick?
2: I think the biggest thing for him is going to be to prove that he can hit the NBA three-point shot on a consistent basis. His college coach, Leonard Hamilton, mentioned the fact that as the season wore on, he became more successful at the college three-point line. But I'll tell you, I've seen dozens of guys come from college to the NBA, and that extra two or three feet makes all the difference in the world. I mean, you know, I'm sure for all of us uh, novice basketball players, if you you try to shot from that NBA three-point line, that's a heave. And, you know, for for, uh, accomplished athletes, obviously, they can make that transition. But for some guys, they never can really get consistent from that NBA distance. And I think he's going to have to prove that he can handle that. The other thing for him will come on the defensive end because the only real weakness that I've seen consistently in scouting reports is they say that he may not be the best in terms of his lateral quickness. And in today's NBA game, if you're going to be a guy that you say can defend four positions, got to be able to switch out on smaller guards in pick and roll situations and he's going to have to prove that he can jump out and defend and move his feet and stay in front of point guards when there are switches so there'll be a lot of things for him to learn but the one great thing about it is because of the bowl situation they're not going to ask him they're not going to ask him to start or even play big minutes early on i mean i think their starting lineup is pretty well set for the upcoming season and they also have some depth in terms of their second unit so they're going to make sure they put him in favorable matchups that he thinks that they feel like he can handle. And, you know, I think it's going to be a, a more relaxed learning curve if in, instead of a, going into a situation where he'd be asked to start and play 35 minutes a night and be expected to score 16 to 18 points. I think the expectations are, are, are going to be pretty limited on him initially, a lot like, uh, you know, when Kobe White first came in last year, Uh, He didn't have to play major minutes, and his playing time grew to the point where the last game before the pandemic, he finally got promoted to the starting lineup. I don't know if Patrick Williams will become a starter this year, but after Otto Porter leaves, which we all expect he will when his contract runs out, then he's got a chance maybe to start the following season.
1: And I'm glad you mentioned Kobe White, because there's been all the storylines this week about his relationship with Patrick Williams and their ability to come up together, play together. Is that just a, a really nice storyline on draft day, or will that actually be a, a big deal when they come into camp together? That they they know how to play well with each other, and 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 they've actually had that experience as two young guys now that are hoping to be you know the new faces of the Bulls.
2: Yeah, that's one of those small world stories. I mean, who would have thought that those two guys would have been uh, the same? AAU team and, and play together. Uh, you know, it's a great story for them to talk about and it. It gives them some kind of working camaraderie from day one when training camps opens, because I think the hardest spot part for this rookie class is going to be the fact that no summer league, they jump right from the draft into training camp, but they really don't get any kind of indoctrination into the life of an NBA player. At least he's got Kobe White, who's been through all that can maybe help him through some of the transitions that he's going to have to adjust to as a, as an NBA player. So I think uh, having a guy that he's played with and against in the past is really going to help make that transition a little better. Let's face it, the best guy to make a friend of is the point guard because he's got the ball in his hands, and if if he's going to make the passes to you where he can be effective, that's exactly what any kind of scoring player wants uh, at any level of basketball.
0: Mm -hmm. And then just, you know, rewinding a touch right before Patrick Williams was announced as the fourth overall pick going to the Bulls, a lot of obviously trade rumors and whatnot out there, one of them being Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, What kind of confidence does that show that the Bulls have with him and any other, you know, members that were obviously out there in the rumor mill?
2: Well, I remember when Wendell was drafted a couple of years ago, one of the things that people were encouraged about was that he had a really nice touch on that baseline jumper, you know, out the 15, 18 feet. Um, the question was, could he extend that range out to the three-point line? And he became kind of a lost soul this last season in the offense that Jim Boylan was running. You know, he would catch the ball at the mid-post and really not even look at the basket because it was drilled into his head. We don't want two-point jumpers. That's not something that we want in our offense. And they really turned a 21-year-old kid into a screener and roller, and he really didn't have much role other than that in the offensive system. Now with Billy Donovan coming in, he's already told – the media and I obviously told his players that I'm okay with the two point shot as long as it's taken within the flow of the offense and isn't taken real early in the shot clock. So I think that's going to really boost Wendell's uh, confidence in terms of being able to be a more active part of the offense. We've also seen video of him posted of him this summer working on the three point shot, and if he can expand his range out to the NBA three point line, that's just going to give him more opportunities to establish himself as an offensive threat. Because we saw at Duke is a nice touch in the post some good post moves he can shoot the jump hook with either hand he's a good offensive rebounder and and I think there's I don't think there's any reason why he can't average 13 to 15 points in the in the NBA if he gets enough touches and you know this is a team that's starting to come together with a lot of young pieces and you know they really underachieved badly last season for a variety of reasons but with a new coaching staff coming in adding Patrick Williams and and hopefully some development of some of the young guys on the roster I don't see any reason why they couldn't increase their win total by I mean, we're only going to play seventy two games in the upcoming season, but there's no reason why they can't uh, win ten more games than they did a year ago,
1: yeah, absolutely. and And you mentioned the two point shot and that always kind of cracked me up last year of how there was just drilled in everyone's head of that's not a good basketball play and yeah and 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 you saw that take a toll on Wendell. you saw that even take a toll on Kobe White, who specialized really in that pull up. Jumper in college, and and I just I'm trying to get a better picture of okay, even though these maybe aren't AK's guys, how are they going to look offensively this upcoming season now with more of a well-rounded approach of you can take the shots that are good for you, you can do what 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 made you great. It's kind of like like the Trubisky you know naggy comments we've all talked about all year of like, do you is a system the the top tier thing we gotta worry about, or do what's best for your players. It seems Billy Donovan's much more about in in, in enhancing and, and really enabling the player to be the best they are, no matter, you know, sticking to a system that maybe Jim Boylan wanted to employ versus getting the best out of his players.
2: Well, I think any athlete, whether it's high school, college, or pro, will tell you that they're gonna perform at their best when their mind is clear and they're just operating on instinct rather than thinking all the time. And I know that a lot of times in post-game locker room interview sessions, Zach Levine would express his frustration in terms of, you know, uh, he's been drilled that he's not supposed to take 3 uh, two-point jumpers, and it really kind of limited what he could do offensively. And I think with Zach and, and Lowry marketing last year, they found themselves frustrated in that if they would get a, a numbers situation in transition, they didn't want to take a two-point jumper because they knew the coaching staff would be all over them Now – they'll have that freedom to take those shots. If they think that's the the best shot they can get, go ahead and do it and not worry about having to look over to the coaching uh, staff and wondering if you can get pulled from the game. I think that that's going to make all the players play with a little more confidence, be, be a little bit more relaxed. And, and I think that it's going li- to lead to better offensive production from all the players on the court.
0: Hmm. And patience, patience, definitely key with, you know, Car- Car- novis and, and never see first, you know, just getting a crack at developing and, putting together this team but what is a realistic timeline when it comes to the to the Bulls re, you know competing again for for a championship are we talking 2 to 4 seasons out or what's the, even with patience being key what is what is what is a realistic timeline moving forward now for this team
2: well i think we have to talk about trying to get to the playoffs first before you use the c word you know championship i mean they're they're a long way off from being able to compete with the likes of the Lakers and the Clippers and the Brooklyn Nets the key for the the bulls obviously is going to be the free agent class next summer. 2021 is going to have one of the best free agent groups ever. And I think that what they have to do this season is show that improvement on the court, see development from Lowry marketing and Wendell Carter, Jr. Kobe white, Patrick Williams to the point where, you know, let's say Kawhi Leonard becomes frustrated with uh, with the Clippers. He has an opportunity to jump out of his contract. Maybe he's looking for a new place to play or Paul George, who also has a player option after next season. There are there are a lot of guys that potentially could be looking to change teams, and the you know the Bulls want to be in the conversation for those big time players. I don't know if they can do accomplish all that in one season, but I think the key is to show that they can be competitive on the court, and with the right additions, that they all of a sudden can be a factor in the Eastern Conference. Now there's a lot of teams that that, that are still strong in the East. You know I mentioned Brooklyn with. Uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and then there, you know, there's been talk about them possibly pursuing a trade for James Harden. Uh, Milwaukee trying to make some changes to solidify their group around Giannis. Boston with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum look really strong. and you know Philadelphia's making some changes as well. So it's not going to be easy to jump from a team that's near the bottom of the Eastern Conference standings to one that could potentially get to the finals. But the key right now is developing the young guys. They've got a good coach in Billy Donovan who's at a winning record in all five of his seasons as an NBA head coach, develop the young guys, show the stars around the league that this is a program on the rise, and maybe you could make that key free agent addition that can, you know, jump you from the status of maybe competing for a seven or eight seed to a team that uh, can make a little noise in the postseason.
1: So, if the big dreams are for that, you know, that class next year, what are some moves the Bulls need to make in in the upcoming free agency trade market to kind of get them? Better sit. I know they have cap constraints, but but to get them better situated here, to really round out their team and build that new culture of this is going to be a place that free agents would want to come to.
2: Well, I think because of the of the roster logjam they have right now with the drafting of Patrick Williams, they have fourteen players under contract uh, that are most likely going to be on the team. So that only really leaves you with one roster spot. Granted, they could buy out the contract of Chris Felicio or Ryan Arcidiacono and free up some more roster spots. But they can only use the mid-level exception, which is going to be around $9 million. and They also have the biannual exception, which is about half of that. And I think the two areas I'll look at is a veteran point guard who can help in Kobe White's development and maybe one more shooter to come off the bench that can open the floor for some of their speedy players and you know, really helps space the floor a little bit. Uh, the, the free agent class at the point guard position isn't really that good for players in the Bulls' price range. They're not going to be able to afford guys like Fred Van Vliet and Goran Dragic. They're going to be looking at the next-level players, guys like Avery Bradley and D.J. Augustine, and maybe veterans like Jeff Teague and Reggie Jackson who are going to drop out of that high Uh, salary range and be closer to that mid-level range. I think they might go with a a veteran point guard and free agency, and as I mentioned, maybe one more shooter. But because of the fact they don't have a whole lot of money to offer, they're going to be limited in what kind of player that they can possibly add. The other thing that we've seen in the the last week is that they picked up the, uh, or they made a qualifying offer to Denzel Valentine, which means they feel like uh, a player who was largely ignored by the previous coaching staffs in terms of Fred Hoiberg and Jim Boylan might be a guy that Billy Donovan looks on favorably. And if uh, if he can show that he can compete in terms of being a good enough defender and a good enough athletically, maybe he's a guy that can come off the bench and knock down some threes. So I wouldn't expect any real significant moves in free agency. I think the key in terms of trying to attr- attract free agents is is the sales pitch that we've got a whole new approach with a new front office, with a great coaching staff headed by Billy Donovan, and that all these young players are ready to come into their prime, and we just need one more player to kind of push us over the top. I think that will be their pitch to free agents when we get the next summer.
1: Yeah, that sounds great to me. It's very refreshing to hear for all the tropes we've had the last couple of years. It's nice to have that that optimism. Uh, One more before we let you go here. Going back to what you were talking about where – Zach Levine would you know have a two on one break and would be frowned upon by the coaching staff for taking that pull up too I'm just curious mm-hmm. cult culturally in-, in looking at this team last year and maybe what it would be this year was there actually kind of like a-, a PTSD moment of oh my gosh like we're gonna really anger this coaching staff I don't want to get on the bad side and it was kind of fogging everything going on to where now there's like kind of a weight lifted off these guys of we can actually Play the game without being reamed out from our coach, who who we think is you know wrong in in what he's trying to tell us.
2: Well, there's no question it did wear on a number of players. Uh, Lowry Markin talked uh, many times in post game situations about how he was frustrated by the kind of shots he was getting in the offense and that he was too often has to wander out to the three point line and just be a catch and shoot guy instead of using his athleticism at seven one to catch the ball and the move and maybe score over the top of players on drives to the basket. I mentioned Zach Levine, you know, was said that he was basically told to take the two point shot out of his offense. You mentioned Kobe White was was a similar kind of thing where he was used to hit hit and pull up jumpers at North Carolina and, and in high school and all of a sudden it was like either go all the way to the rim or, or shoot the three. And Wendell Carter, whenever he would miss a jumper, he would look at the bat, at the coaching staff like, uh-oh, they're going to take me out now because they don't want me shooting that. Yeah, I think it definitely had a toll on a lot of guys mentally. And I think that with Billy Donovan coming in, giving them more offensive freedom, I think that's going to really loosen up uh, the way guys feel on the offensive end and hopefully lead to a lot more success on the court
1: can't wait it's, it's it's a nice change of pace change of culture and i can't believe you know bulls basketball is almost right around the corner which is which is going to be a blast mark we we really appreciate the time he's on twitter at mark shanowski and uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you again as we get the uh, season rolling here very shortly
2: yeah that's the uh, the only great thing about the season being delayed and not finishing till october shortest off season in nba history <laughs> so for hoops fans We get it going on December 1st with the start of training camp, and they're going to play like three preseason games, and then the regular season tipping off on December 22nd. So thanks for having me, guys. Good luck with the show, and uh, wish all your uh, listeners a happy Thanksgiving
1: coming up. Thank you. Same to you. Take care, Mark. So long, guys. Our thanks to Mark Shanowski for jumping on the show with us, and now it's time for Dan and I to debrief. Because that was an awesome interview. And I think there's a lot of questions we have with this Bulls team moving moving forward. And and I think there's just a, I don't know, a better feeling. Like, e- even though we know nothing about what Patrick Williams is going to do, it's the idea of there's just kind of that breath of fresh air. And I know we talked about it with Mark of, like, there was literally PTSD on this team mm-hmm. because of Jim Boylan. And that's a big problem. And I think now you're going to start to see a team – that can kind of respect its players and get the best out of them. So when you when you ask me what do I think of Patrick Williams, it's I'm betting on AK's development and Billy Donovan's development to make him into the player they think he is, and I have confidence that they that they can do that.
0: You know, and it, it makes sense that this was my my take on that, and obviously very insightful inf- inf- information from Mark, but. I learned more about what this Bulls team as a whole, obviously, through that talk, is going to be moving forward and how much better they're going to be and the way it relates to the guy calling the X's and O's and Billy Donovan than it was well, what we had last year. It's just going to be a totally different team and how Patrick Williams' development fits in to that style of play and how the Bulls as a whole fit into that style of play. I mean, he's he said himself he's predicting you know, potentially – 10 plus more wins. I mean, that's pretty significant. 10 plus more wins is, is a pretty significant amount of games, especially when you're only playing 72 this year. So it's going to be a totally different style of Bulls basketball you see out there. And, you know, we joke about it all the time, Joey, most of the time off the podcast, that this team was unwatchable last year. It was very, very hard. I'll be completely honest with you, tuning, tuning in to Bulls basketball last season because what were you watching? You know, a lot of it was, and you can you can make this argument a product of the way Boylan was running the show. I mean, and, and there's a lot more to it with, with their struggles last year, but it is a little reassuring to think like, oh, that style of basketball that they were playing last year is gone, and that's kind of where. I'm more optimistic now after that conversation because it is going to be a different style team we see out there. And obviously, there's still plenty of good information there on Patrick Williams and where this kind of draft pick is taking the team, the direction it's taking this team as a whole. But I'm definitely going to be tuning into more more Bulls games this year. One, because we're doing the show, and two, because now there is just this bit of relief and freshness you know, with different front office, different coach. Competent coach, and I'm you know I'm not trying to knock jimble in here or anything like that, but you know it's a better man, a better coach out there calling the X's and O's for the Chicago Bulls, and hopefully just a lot more watchable. Because like I said, we joke about it a lot, and it was it was a snooze fest last year with the Bulls, and it's been so long since we watched them due to the pandemic and all these other unfortunate events unfolding. But Bulls basketball now, like Mark said, I'm less than a month away until you until you do preseason, do a few of those games, and you go right up to you know once the Christmas season rolls around you're tipping off the regular season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's just, it's just a nice feeling to have considering the Bears are garbage. It's nice to know that maybe the Bulls will be watchable. They're not going to compete for much, but but right. th- there's a different vibe to it. You're not going to have pissed off players not being allowed to get to their full potential and yelling at Boylan and punching in clocks. And it's, it's just it's just going to be, it, it, it's going to be different. And, and I hope, that this team is able to to take those next steps and that Patrick Williams is a guy that can that can help elevate this team to that level they need to be to attract those kind of stars and we're going to just we're going to have to wait and see but but at least I'm excited to see what this group looks like because we really right. haven't seen them play together a lot due to injury and by by circumstances of of scheme it's mm-hmm. just been regression 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 so it'll be nice to at least see something like that where you can truly see what this team has to offer because I think you know Mark said it right. Of there's all new fresh eyes in this team, meaning nobody is untouchable. Everyone's job is kind of on the line, and you're really going to see which players are good enough and aren't just loyalty guys from the previous management group. Yeah, it's a big that, that's a big deal. You needed that fresh that fresh eyes on it. Like you could say, you know, maybe a Chandler Hutchinson is not really good and really was only a guy that you promised you draft in the draft. And then you know, but you'll at least have the confidence that A.K. Eversley Donovan will give a real assessment on what these guys can do, and that will allow us to answer a lot of questions because they're not sitting here going, well, geez, we drafted this guy, or we traded Jimmy Butler for this guy. It's like, no, everyone's fresh, everyone's new. If you're not good enough, the door is that way.
0: Yeah, and... While I'm gonna watch more Bulls games next year, it, it they're still years out. They're are a few quite a few seasons away from you know making making something happen in the in the postseason. But that's why it just it helps you, you know, when you have some kind of a timeline to where this team is going to compete, it kinda helps. Like just flip it back to the White Sox, right? Who who we always talk about. Just knowing that there was somewhat of a projected date. You go you rewind it a few years back and you go over, okay, the projected date is twenty twenty to when we see this thing kind of reaching its reaching its potential to what to what it can become it's the same thing i'm trying to figure out now is and it's hard i mean just barely, the draft was last night right uh, uh, the, this is going to date the recording of the show but i mean the 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 draft is still so fresh and there's still so many moves to be to be made by ak eversley and we'll see i mean those two have a lot of work to do still plenty of work to do and we'll see how the two of them go on ahead and, and unfold the rest of the way but still like it's it's just weird like the the draft and everything whether you totally disagree with the picks or or you're or you're with the picks still can't help it's almost like spring training in baseball where it just brings up some kind of optimism and some kind of promise where all right this is still fresh we're trying we're growing now if patrick williams becomes a bust and the team just still isn't working out under you know donovan's leadership then there's going to be a lot more problems we could discuss along the way but for now it is fun to be in some kind of optimistic mindset when you're discussing bulls basketball
1: Yeah, it's it's a nice change of pace. I mean, we've been—I mean, I can't tell you how many shows we've done, conversations we've had, articles written about just how ass backwards this organization and team has been. And so, I think a night like the draft with a new regime and a new fresh look and everything—you know—not to repeat myself, but it's just—it's this idea of it's—it's a uh, nice—a nice. dose of optimism that's all I can really say from it I mean we don't know what what Patrick Williams is going to do we don't know what this team's going to become but they're betting on themselves that they can turn this around and you got to have you got to have faith in that
0: well it's been one good thing after another whether you're talking about the arrival of AK or mm-hmm. Eversley or Donovan or now your draft pick and Patrick Williams there's there's just been one decent reason after another to become more and more optimistic one and- Reinsdorf got it right there you go with the guy they're gonna have lead the team right yeah but we'll see i mean the majority of the optimism so far has been front office and coach related right patrick williams being the first one that's related to any type of you know player that's going to be out there on the court the one making things happen so still a lot more players and talent to be brought in moved around we'll see how that goes but Any reason to be optimistic about this team or anything for that matter in Chicago sports, I'll take it. I'll I'll be on the train. It's we're coming up on Thanksgiving and that's going to be the theme moving forward and forward, right? It's just all the reasons to be thankful. Well, apparently we're going to have basketball again next month and the bulls are on the up and up. They are. There hasn't been anything done so far that you're saying, oh, wow, this put them on the decline. Everything so far front office related and with the draft just only brings only brings you more hope and just the idea once again i i can't just can't get over it that the idea that the majority of the guys are going to be the same from last season but it's just going to be a different style (laughs) alone is refreshing just to think about that because the style you were watching last year and the outcomes that that were provided by that once again it was near unwatchable right but now hopefully and it's not saying, oh, this is going to be such a fun and amazing team that you're not going to want to you know, get your eyes off the TV screen, but I'll definitely probably have more fun last this year watching the Bulls than I did last year.
1: Yeah, because you're supposed to see the true potential of what this core can do, whether you keep them or like them or whatever. This young core is now in a position to be taken advantage of in terms of Building the best offense to take advantage of their talent, and that's all you can—that's all you can look forward to and and want to see, want to see happen. So I'm, I'm weirdly optimistic, not from wins and losses perspective, but just seeing the progression we've been wanting to see for the last three to four years from this Bulls team finally show itself now with a competent coach and a style of play that will utilize. Uh, the best attributes of all of all these players
0: well there we go who knew we were going to end on such an optimistic note when talking bulls basketball right but many reasons to be to be thankful for my man joey gelman once again huge thanks to mark chanowski uh who you can find on twitter at mark chanowski for fitting us into his schedule and talking bulls with us very insightful stuff thank you mark joey always a pleasure seeing you on the other side of the skype i love it um so yeah that's a wrap here for this episode of the of the believe in chicago sports podcast for joey gelman who you can find on twitter at joey gelman i'm dan collins you can find me on twitter as well at tweet dan collins the show you can find it there too believe at believe in chicago however you like to listen to us whether it be apple stitcher stitcher spotify you name it you can definitely get us there until next time be well folks